everybody. Welcome to another episode of 10,000 Roads to Financial Independence. Today, I have Brad Schwartz, is a founder of Capital Gain Tax Solutions. Each year, he equips hundreds of business professionals with Deferred Sales Trust Tour to help the, their high net worth clients solve capital gain tax deferral limitations. His experience includes numerous Deferred Sales Trust, Dalawa Statutory Trust, 1031 exchanges, and 350 millions in closed commercial DST and CRE brokerage transactions. He is an active Sacramento multifamily broker and investor with a brokerage experience and ownership in multifamily, senior housing, retail, medical office, and mixed use properties. He's licensed to California. A real estate broker and has held a series 22 and 63 licenses. A quite a bit resume. Thank you so much for joining our show today, Brett. Elisa, my pleasure to be here. Looking forward to adding some value to you and your listeners. Awesome. So I was uh, wondering, so we always start our show as one question, which is um, growing up, who shaped you the most in terms of the entrepreneur who you are today? Yeah, growing up, I would say who shaped me the most to be the entrepreneur I am today would have to be my cousin Nick and my dad. You know, they're they're both entrepreneurial and in, in their own right, and uh, thought outside the box and uh, didn't want a limitation on the income they could make, and also wanted the freedom to kind of be their own their own boss, if you will. And so they they taught me the kind of the sticks and bricks of real estate, as well as the brokerage side of real estate and investing and communication and sales. And so combined both, both forces would be the most influential for me. Yeah, that's awesome. And Brett, how did you get into the niche area of capital gain tax solutions? Right. So I started out at a young age in real estate, learning about, you know, rentals and cash flow and development in the Bay Area, California and fell in love with with real estate um and so i thought i it would maybe do that in the future and so i went to college and got a couple degrees and you know played basketball in college and wanted to be in something competitive and so i got into a brokerage with a company called marcus and millichap where we studied and practiced multifamily investment sales buy side sell side and helping people add value and increase increase revenue and drive out noi and, and ultimately sell for a higher price and so we learned 1031 exchanges and capital gains tax deferral in that scenario but it wasn't always easy it was 2006 and things were going really well and then something happened it was 2008 mm -hmm. the crash hit and we went from making uh, a lot of us in the sacramento office uh making uh you know a good amount to like almost nothing overnight and part of it was because transactions stopped and also uh, clients were in a tough position because they were fighting for their properties as well um, and that began the the assessment of what was going wrong and what was going wrong was too many mm -hmm. people were using the 1031 exchange as their only option that they knew of to overpay for properties take on too much debt and not have enough liquidity mm -hmm. and so i saw some friends family and clients lose half or everything over the next couple of years and in the meantime I'm newly married, a uh, baby um, at home, and my wife and I are figuring out a way to keep the, you know, the the lights on, the food on the table, and yeah. also her full time with with uh, with our baby. And so I got a side hustle at a place called Cheesecake Factory, and by day I'd make cold calls at Marcus and Millichap with wow. banks and them, and nights I'd work at the restaurant, and I did that for a couple years. But I learned about the deferred sales trust during this time period because of the pain of that time. The pain was I wanted to make it in the business is also the pain was I wanted to solve problems for clients. And those two things combined, um, my manager at Marcus and Mailchap brought in a gentleman to speak on the deferred sales trust. And that 
was the beginning of getting into capital gains tax deferral. Fast forward, we now teach and train people how to do this across the nation. We close about a deal a week for high net worth clients. We also train CPAs, we train financial advisors, commercial estate brokers, syndicators, crypto experts on how to do this. And I was able to retire from the Cheesecake Factory. My wife and I have five kids and, and she's been home, home full time with our kids, which has been really big, big, big value of ours. So that's kind of the story. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so I am, you know, we do reestays and, you know, we're very familiar with 1031 exchanges, but what are the other strategy as other than the 1031 exchanges? Like you mentioned a couple of different persona here, which is all very interesting in terms of, um, you know, can you tell us a little bit more about the third cell trusts or the Delaware statutory trust specifically. Yes, yes, yes. So first you've got to know what tax code you're working with. And when it comes to the Delaware statutory trust or traditional 1031 exchange, that's IRC section 1031. So I like to categorize those as the blockbuster way to exit plan. And I don't know if you remember, Elisa showing up on a Friday night and there was a video that it was a new release and it's behind that cardboard box and you're walking down the blockbuster aisle and you're about to get that movie, but someone steps in front of you and grabs that movie and or you're like, oh, you're bummed out. You get the second movie, but then you don't return it within three days. And, and you have to drive there. You have to park. You have to, you know, you're in Seattle, so it's raining. It's rain's getting everywhere. And you're like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do here? You know, and then you get the fee. I mean, that's like the 1031 exchange. Oftentimes, it can be very restrictive and very challenging for people uh, to make sense of deals, especially given where the marketplace is right now. Low inventory, low cap rates and not a lot of value add opportunities. And so mm. the 1031 exchange is like Blockbuster because it's, you have that 45 day window to identify, 180 days to close. We call that the shotgun wedding, mm -hmm. right? And people are running around with yeah. their hair on fire and then they're overpaying for properties that they don't necessarily wanna buy. They're letting the tax tail wag the investment dog and that puts them in a tough spot. Um, yeah. Also, the 1031 exchange is like Blockbuster because it doesn't work for anything outside of investment real estate. It doesn't work for mm -hmm. cryptocurrency. It doesn't work for businesses. It doesn't work for dentists or veterinarians or optometrists or tech entrepreneurs. It doesn't work for public or private stock. It doesn't work for high-end primary homes. Okay. And so you're looking at something that's very restrictive and only exclusive to investment real estate. The next thing is it doesn't allow you to diversify your investments. In other words, all your eggs have to stay in one vehicle. Now I'm a believer and I love multifamily investment real estate. It's where my family and I have made a, uh, the most of our, our wealth and where we, uh, we believe the future of, of long-term wealth building is as long mm -hmm. as mobile home parks, also as senior housing assisted living. However, we also believe in something called optimal timing, which mm -hmm. is entered the deferred sales trust, which is like Netflix. And mm -hmm. I want you to imagine never having to overpay for a property ever again, never having to go into uh, equal or greater debt ever again, never having to uh, buy something uh, in a shotgun wedding and being able to diversify your investments across multiple asset types, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, hard money lending, ground up development, dollar cost average into multiple syndications, do your own deals whenever you want. And the story for me that really changed this was a, we call it the Monday morning quarterback story. And it was mm -hmm. a gentleman in 2006 and he used the deferred sales trust for the first time. Now, this guy hates the stock market, loves commercial real estate. At mm -hmm. the time, he's worth a couple hundred million dollars and he's selling a $20 million property across the street or nearby the Minnesota Vikings stadium. Mm -hmm. And it's a commercial real estate property. And he's looking around for his 1031 binoculars. And he's going, is there anything out there? Nothing's out there because this doesn't make any sense. And he had a sense that the market was at its peak. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. And so he said, I'm not, I'm either going to pay the tax or I'm going to take a chance in, in, on this deferred sales trust because I'm going to defer all this tax. And so he steps out of the traditional blockbuster. He jumps into the deferred sales trust Netflix thinking that it could help him. And it did. It helped him in a big way. He's able to diversify all of his equity, pay off all of his debt, and then defer millions of dollars of tax and sit in a safe, we call it the safe harbor in the bank and also in the stock market. Now he put in conservative stuff. So it wasn't subject to the huge crash of what happened in 2008. In fact, so much so that he played it perfectly in that five years later, the bank calls him up and says, Hey, you know, that property you sold to that uh, 1031 exchange buyer out of, out of California. And he said, yeah, well, we just foreclosed on them and we're just curious. Do you want to buy it back from us? He <laughs> goes, well, maybe what's the price? And the bank said 60 cents on the dollar yeah. what you paid for it. And he goes, that sounds like a pretty good deal. He goes, give yeah. me a couple days. He was able to reallocate the investments out of securities into an LLC to purchase it with him at a 40% discount, all tax deferred, not using nice. a 1031 exchange. This is my part where my brain exploded. I'm going, yeah. oh my gosh, like if this is real and legit and has been tested and proven, which is the next most important question what we can cover here in a minute, right. well, this will change everything. This is Netflix. This is no longer blockbuster exit planning. And so that's where we're on a mission to do this. Like you don't have to put it into the 1031 timelines. You don't have to go to equal rear debt. You can, you can buy low. Um, you can sell high and buy low. You can diversify your investments. It works for cryptocurrency in that you can exit crypto mm. and then you can go buy real estate. You can exit real estate and go buy crypto. And it's just incredible opportunity for people that are looking for something other than the Blockbuster 1031. Mm -hmm. So how does, um you know, you, you mentioned about the legal side of it. Like, how come like we never heard about these magical vehicle? Because we have investors that comes to us all the time thinking about, hey, I don't want to do 1031 exchange anymore. But also some of them want to just do passive investing. But like part of the reason is that you can get the defer, uh, tax defers in syndications and et cetera to use for it. Um, but how does this vehicle work into the whole overall strategy over there? Yeah, let's talk about why you've maybe never heard of it. And then let's talk about um, also the um, kind of the, the overall strategy, how it actually works, okay? Mm -hmm. So part of why you've never heard of it is because you haven't met us and our team, to be honest. Like <laughs> at some point, I didn't know about a 1031 exchange. Yeah. And then uh, we had at Marcus Millichap, a person come in and talk about the 1031 exchange. Yeah. And then they tell us about it. And even then I'm like, well, that sounds a little bit odd. And wow, there's a lot of rules to follow. And you know, you got to work with the accommodator. You got to do these things. And at some yeah. point we didn't know about a 401k or an IRA. Right. Mm -hmm. And then somebody told us about it and then we had other people do it. So now there's been thousands of closes, billions in our management, over a dozen no change IRS audits. It's been 26 year track record. So it's, it's all happening. It's just the people you're working with don't know how to do it or they've heard of it, but they either get it confused with the Delaware statutory trust, which by the way, it's just another form of a 1031 exchange, except you're right. giving up all control to an operator for seven to 10 years, illiquid, huge fees. I've done Delaware statutory trust. They have their place, especially for mortgage over basis, but they're mm -hmm. just another, like a Hollywood video to the blockbuster. Um, and, it, and they're basically passive deals. So, so that's part of it. It's just, you haven't met us and you haven't worked with us. And then number two, I would say for those who are skeptical, and they're very, they're, there's a lot of people who are just relying on their CPAs to do mm. their exit planning or to, to, to give them a thumbs up on the 1031 or the Delaware statutory trust or opportunity mm. zones. And then the deferred sales trust comes up and they go, well, I've never done it. I haven't heard of it. So they're cautious. And so what happens is people get, sometimes they can get scared. They can mm. feel like maybe they're doing something that's, that's not a hundred percent legal, which is a hundred percent legal. And they're mm. doing something that maybe is out. It's going to be an audit risk, which is not an audit risk. It's very low, but a story for that. I always like to say, we can give people those evidence, but I want to give you guys a story to give you some confidence. And because 
because it's one thing for me to say it and I'm a commercial real estate investor, broker. Obviously I, I sell the deferred sales trust and I love it, but it's one thing for me to say it, but it's another thing for, for some of the best world-class financial advisors to say it. And in fact, there's a story that I'd like to tell you from a gentleman named Bill Gross and David Young. And some of you may not know who Bill Gross is or David Young, but Bill Gross ran with David Young and they built a company um, with about five other guys and a bunch of other people as well. But these are like the leaders of it. PIMCO and PIMCO was a, is mm -hmm. one of the largest money managers in the history of like the last 30 years of management. And mm -hmm. for them, they built that company from 80 billion to $1.2 trillion. And uh, they managed some of the biggest wealth in the world. And you can imagine a lot of people approach them with their strategies and wanted them to sell their thing. And they, they're very skeptical of a lot of things. Well, about, about 15 years ago, they all get a big payday. They all retire. And then David and four other guys form a group called Anfield Capital, and they're out of Irvine, California. Mm -hmm. And they collectively look at the Deferred Sales Trust. And they don't do a two-day due diligence or a two-week or a two-month. They do a two-year due diligence on the Deferred Sales Trust. <laughs> They keep an open mind and they have their legal team go and look at it and they, they fly back and they sit down and they, they, they sign the NDAs and walk through all of the details of the how it all works. And they came through with two conclusions. Here's number one. Number one, that might be the smartest person we've ever met. And that's, one of my, that's my business partner. Uh, he's, a, he's a tax attorney and he's brilliant. Mm -hmm. And number two, we're all in. We will put our name on it. We'll become a part of the DST inner circle and we'll mm -hmm. become a part of the advisory team for any deferred sales trust client that wants us to support the financial advisor that, that we work with thousands of financial advisors across the nation too. And so I always say to people who are skeptical and you should be because this is something new that you haven't heard of before perhaps, right? Mm -hmm. Two questions. Number one, if it's good enough for David Young and his legal team after mm -hmm. two years of due diligence, and these are world-class economists, financial advisors, financial planners that had done extensive due diligence, and they put their name on this, Mm -hmm. Right. Is it good enough for me, Elisa, and whoever's listening to this podcast? Right. Mm -hmm. And their legal team. That's number one. And then number two, are you willing to have your CPA or whoever it is come to the table and learn about it? Mm -hmm. And honestly, nine out of 10 times, if they come, they join us, but we don't mm -hmm. give away our secrets, right? Like yeah. Steve Jobs wouldn't give away his iPhone to somebody else. We don't give away right. what we have. Right. It's proprietary. It's protected. And there's one law firm that's doing it. There's not 5,000 law firms doing it, like a CRT, right? There's mm -hmm. one. There's not 5,000 QI companies that are doing it. Like there's there's one. And that's 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 really the uh, the answer, Lisa. That makes sense. Got it. Got it. Makes sense. So how would the, technically this work? Let's use a couple scenarios. Mm -hmm. Let's say you're doing cryptocurrency. Like you mentioned before, I mean, crypto is the hottest uh, discussion that's out there. But when you're kind of looking through the markets right now, it's a little bit volatile with crypto. You know, I, I don't invest in crypto, but I think there's some potentials over there. So for someone who is like, hey, you know what? We got a great ROM, made a thousand X, uh, you know, increase on this, which is possible in crypto. Um, and I want to diversify some uh, into real estate, but I can't find a project yet, you know, or I want diversify between passive investment as well, active stuff. How, how do I do that? Great question. So step one is you form a trust and you get with our team and you, and you, you it's all conditional, by the way, you sign a conditional mm -hmm. engagement agreement and that allows us to form a trust, get it set up prior to the exit of the cryptocurrency or the business or the real estate. Mm -hmm. In fact, we just uh, closed um, a cryptocurrency deal for a client. Um, they were selling some Ethereum. They bought it for a hundred thousand and, mm -hmm. and some Bitcoin mixed and it went to about 13 and a half million. Yeah. And they're living in the Bay area. They're working in a, he's working in a big tech company. She's an attorney and they're like, you know what? We want to exit. Now, by the way, this journey was a wild journey. It wasn't just a hundred thousand to 13 million overnight. It was like yeah. a six year journey of just 
you know, blood, sweat, and tears, if you will, on looking at the crash and the ups and the crash and the up. Yeah. And the reason they didn't sell is because of the tax. And so they call us up and they're like, hey, Brett, if you, if you, got, you and your team can solve this, like we're and working with the financial advisor as well that I work with at, a, at a San Francisco. She's amazing. Um, and, she, mm -hmm. and we're all working. We're like, if you can solve this. We can solve this. Like we're ready to exit. We're ready to diversify. We want to we wanna go buy potentially a, a cabin on Lake Tahoe. We mm -hmm. want to, you know, we want to, we want to retire from our day job. We want stability versus the highs and lows of, of Ethereum and Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. So I said, yeah, what's the steps? Well, step one is we actually form a trust. Step two, we open up a trust account at the at Kraken. We use Kraken as our main one. Step mm -hmm. three, they actually transfer the Bitcoin and the Ethereum to the, to the trust account. And then the trust actually sells it to cash and the, and the, and the note holder, which in this scenario, they become the lender. This is what's happening. They, and mm -hmm. his name is Peter. Um, he lent the money to the trust. Um, in this scenario, we exited 5 million within an hour and you know, Ethereum hit about 3000. That was his kind of his, his exit price yeah. to exit. And so that's kind of the, the basic mechanics. The smoke clears, the trust bought and sold for the same price, 5 million. Mm -hmm. They received it for five, they sold it for five. So that has no tax. Mm -hmm. And the note holder, they receive a promissory note. They, they lent 100% of the, fi uh, uh, the 5 million to the trust. Mm -hmm. um, and um, or you know transferred the transfer the, the the Ethereum and the Bitcoin for uh, a five million dollar promissory note, and this is why this is works. This is an installment sale, mm -hmm. and as long as we follow those guidelines, they're in a deferral state, and at which point the funds can be invested, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, or again real estate back into crypto, and they get back to them. The goal is that original five million plus an additional eight percent rate of return, mm -hmm. and. That's really kind of it. That's kind of how it works. And then they just pay tax on what they receive when they receive it. They can pass it to their kids and keep it going. But mm -hmm. it's not uncommon. I mean, people do installment sales all the time. Like you might own an apartment complex for 10 million, no basis, no mm -hmm. debt. You could carry paper for the buyer, right? Um, you could say, hey, look, I'll, you give me 3 million down, I'll cover, I'll, I'll, I'll finance you seven. I'll pay tax on the three. But um, you pay, uh, you'll, you'll slowly pay me that seven back over time, and then I'll mm -hmm. pay tax on that. You could also do 100% financing, right, if you wanted mm -hmm. to, and, but you would mm -hmm. never do that in a re regular deal because no. you don't want, they have no skin in the game. But right. in this scenario, you don't mind doing it because the collateral and the trust can be secured against some of the biggest companies in the world. It could be in mm -hmm. Netflix, Google, Apple, Costco. It can go back into your own multifamily deals or passively into other deals with mm -hmm. partners. It can go back into crypto. So hopefully that's making some sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm kind of like start coming around it. It's still obviously very big in my head. Um, and so in this case, when I'm using this trust to, to buy, then decided to buy multifamily because let's say, or passively invest into multifamily, how then would you execute that? Does, does your share still kind of held in the trust or does, does your ownership held in the trust or does it, is there another way to kind of come out of it or is yeah. there a need to come out of it? Yeah. Let yeah. me tell you a, another client deal story. Uh, his name is Shay Pope and he's on my, he did a podcast and we did a, uh, a joint breakout conference at the best ever conference with Joe Fairless with Dan mm -hmm. Hanford and a couple others. And we had a whole panel. Okay. So uh, he sold a business for 2.6 million in Alabama and he deferred, he had zero basis. He deferred hundreds of thousands of dollars of tax. And his goal was to go build multifamily projects. In mm -hmm. fact, he, he was building a 72 multifamily unit in Tennessee. And mm -hmm. so, so step one is get the funds into the trust. Step two is to identify that business venture, which was the which was the real estate. Step mm -hmm. three was to form an LLC. Then the trust can invest 
with with you actively or passively mm-hmm. into um, and this scenario was active, so it wouldn't so some of the funds went into the LLC, and then LLC was used to help build the project and invest in the bigger LLC, and gotcha. so there's some details in between, but that's really it. It's just a silent partner with you. Like we call it the go fund yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You can go get money from a lender or another another investor, but oh, I could I could partner with the trust that owes me the money that I would have paid right. to the government anyways, right? And build the project like that's really cool right so that's yeah. how that would work and again the same thing could be done for, again for crypto whatever you're exiting a business a primary home we did a 8.3 million dollar primary residence in in uh palo alto mm-hmm. i know places like bellevue and other high-end areas in, in near seattle are going to have owners that have lived there for a long time mm-hmm. but they feel trapped because they have a huge right. tax and they cannot mm-hmm. do a 1031 whereas the deferred sales trust can do that uh, By the way, the Deferred Sales Trust can also save a failed 1031 exchange. Okay. This is really important for those that are listening that you have a backup plan. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to take one of the identification pieces um, and it can it can, it can can save it. As long as you're working with us and the accommodators that actually want you to know about this. There's a lot mm-hmm. of accommodators who don't want you to know about this. Right. There's brokers who don't want you to know about this because um, they want to keep you in the 1031 commission thing. But right. um which is totally cool if you can find a deal that makes sense and they earn their commission. I'm still a right. broker to do 1031 exchanges. Yeah, it's, just, it's not always the, the the most sense of that. So those are some of the some of the reasons why you'd use a deferred sales trust. That's awesome. So let's say someone is always doing a 1031 exchanges, um, and um, for one or the other reason, due to markets and whatnot. Um, and then let's say uh, one of our growth plan is to 10x our investors' wealth. By doing so, uh, 1031 exchange is one of our strategy to do so. Um, but in between, you know, we get investor asking us all the time, like, hey, what happens at the end of when you 10x yourself? What, what's your plan? You know, obviously our plan was like, well, we're going to go build a class A buildings and put it on the 5% yield. And then we cash out refi, cash out refi. Um, that being said, could the trust be a possible alternative for projects like that yeah great question so first we want to define the problem the problem is somewhere between 25 to 50 percent in capital gains tax and appreciation recapture on on the exit of these assets okay yeah and so at a certain point a lot of syndicators that we work with either not all of the entity wants to move in other words like a third of the investors want to get cashed out yes. and the other two thirds want to move and that can, can be create a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, we just did it for a commercial estate syndicator. I think it's over $50 million now worth of real estate and four different projects, multifamily mm-hmm. where they took their GP positions and they exited. And one of their LPs also did as well into their own individual trust. So the deferred sales trust is like Netflix and mm-hmm. that the whole partnership entity doesn't have to move. And mm-hmm. in 1031 exchange, the whole entity has to move. Okay. Yes. And so we can separate and people can either pay their tax and or do a trust. Okay. So that's now our minimum is 1 million net proceeds, $1 million gain, by the way, very important mm-hmm. to see who qualifies. Mm-hmm. We don't do smaller deals unless you have two at 500 each that you can combine in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. The reason is, is because of the cost and it has yeah. to be a home run for you um, yeah. and, and a good deal for us. And so that's kind of where we have those minimums. Um, but yeah, so, but to answer your question, yeah, we again, 1031s are great if you can make them work and, and the, all of the partners want to go. Um, but at a certain point, yeah, you do want to separate. And then it's yes. just a mathematical equation. Party how much always come to end, right? So, yeah, yes. how much in tax am I going to pay, right? And then what does that look like? Also with ours, you get a brand new depreciation schedule, okay? Because if you own mm-hmm. multifamily for 27 and a half years, you fully depreciate. Or if you do some cost yeah. seg, you, you, you decelerate, decelerate that. And when you do a 1031, the depreciation schedule travels, whereas the deferred sales trust, you can get a new one. If you're active, 
in the partnership with the trust, there's some caveats and you only get 80% of that the way we set up the structure. So there, it's not a perfect, you know, silver bullet for everything, mm-hmm. but that's why we at Capital Gains Tax Solutions will compare the 1031 exchange, opportunity zones, you know, charitable remainder trust, and then the deferred sales trust, also the deferred sales trust is our, tends to be the most of the silver bullet for what mm-hmm. our clients are looking to accomplish. Because mm-hmm. right now, the largest wealth transfer in the history of the planet's happening. It's our, it's our parents, Lisa, they're the baby boomers, right. and they have over $32 trillion of assets that they're looking to pass to us, the millennials, mm-hmm. But, um, and, or the next generation, but they're just looking at like huge tax. If they Mm -hmm. exit these properties, primary homes, businesses, investment, real estate, those three asset classes represent 50% of the total net worth of America. And -hmm. every day about 10,000 baby boomers are turning 65 and there's 77 million in the U S alone. So you combine all of this perfect storm of all of these assets that they want to trade but they have this huge tax. And so they're mm-hmm. not looking necessarily to get into new toilets, new trash, new liability, especially in a marketplace that's absolutely insane when it comes to cap rates being in the threes and the fours and lack of value add deals and interest rates going higher and, and people wanting to have diversification and not have a lot of debt, right? Right mm-hmm. now, debt is not your friend if mm-hmm. if you're overpaying for a property. It can, debt can be your friend if the property makes sense, but just right. be very careful with that. And this is where we provide so many solutions for people as well as estate tax, okay? Mm-hmm. The deferred sales trust can eliminate 40% of the death tax for ultra high net worth clients, mm-hmm. which is an added benefit that the 1031 can never do. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, tell me a little bit more about, thanks for touching on estate tax. Tell me a little bit more about how this vehicle can be used for kind of estate tax because the interesting question over here is like, there's always an end to the deals. You decided not to do this, right? Or you decided to take a break, a long break, or you decide to take a short break, or you decided I'm out, like, <laughs> you know, there's enough for the legacy and my kids don't want to take that over. Um, so in these scenarios, how does this kind of plays in the strategy with estate taxes? Yeah, in fact, it's the most important question, you know, how does the deferred sales trust basically eliminate uh, estate tax on ultra high net worth clients? Um, like eliminate, portfolio? not defer, right? Yeah, literally eliminate. Yeah, it takes it yeah. outside the taxable estate. So the deferred sales trust takes funds outside the taxable estate, but basically changing the characteristic of what it is. So you can either get a stepped up basis, which is ownership, or depending on how we structure it with what we call our DST 2.0, you can you can you can change your characteristic. You won't get the stepped up basis, but you will move all of your funds in equity outside the taxable estate. So first, define the problem. What's the problem? Well, if you're worth 22 million dollars or more married, um, and and any of that's inside your taxable estate, you're going to be hit with a 40% death tax or 12 million single. Although that's set to cut in half in 2025 to about 12 million married, 6 million single, potentially even lower. Mm-hmm. So the the idea is to get it outside the taxable estate. The challenge is most people can't gift enough, can't buy enough life insurance, and it's really expensive life insurance, or give it all away to charity. With the mm-hmm. deferred sales trust, in one day and one transaction, we can move all the funds outside the taxable it's taxable estate, which eliminates the 40% debt tax, okay? Because mm-hmm. it's outside the taxable estate. As far as the how-to, you got to sign NDAs. We go through all of that in detail, um, mm-hmm. but it's been audited. It's been tested. One of the biggest deals is a $125 million deal in San Diego that it was done for. We just did one for a, client, a $25 million client out of Colorado who sold a multifamily property. And so, um, yeah, you just 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 get connected with us, capitalgainstaxers.com to learn more. Awesome. That I learned so much, Brett, from this session. Um, and uh, thank you for sharing 
how does people find more about it? You kind of mentioned it before. Um, where do people kind of reach out to you? Yeah, well, first thing I want to point out my book that's coming out. Uh, it's both called Building a Tax Deferred Exit Strategy. And it's the proven playbook for unlocking your ideal wealth plan when selling assets of any kind for yourself or your clients. And they always say to get in the room with really smart people. And so I got into a book with really smart people, including people like Joe Fairless, people like Kevin Bupp, uh, people like David Young. But the one I'm most uh, excited about is a gentleman named... Um, Kevin Harrington. And he's, if you've ever seen the show Shark Tank, he's in the mm -hmm. show. Okay. And so uh, everyone's sharing a little bit about their situation with tax and highly appreciated assets. And we're weaving in the deferred sales trust as a way to solve those challenges. And so, uh, yeah, go to capitalgainstaxsolutions.com to check all of this out. You can join our free DST deferred sales trust masterclass or mastermind. It happens every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern. You can also download our free ebook. And then you can also go to YouTube. We have a ton of content, a ton of playlists on how to save a failed 1031 exchange. Um, this versus the 1031 exchange, how to, how to use it for cryptocurrency, all of it. It's all there. You just go to YouTube and search capital gains tax solutions. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brett, for your time today. This is really eye-opening and I for sure will be scheduling time with Brett after this <laughs> and uh, really great to have you on your show. Awesome. Thanks, Elisa. My pleasure. Talk to you soon. Awesome. And this uh, wraps up another episode of 10,000 Roads to Financial Independence. Thank you so much. Thank you.